0: everybody welcome to the hidden gems podcast and rachel's reviews and we are really excited today because we're doing something a little bit different than what we've done in past weeks uh, we're doing a, a little bit of a, a actually watching the recommendations of uh that we've given to each other over these last weeks so it's gonna be really fun i'm film critic rachel wagner and ryan is here
1: hey rachel so good to be back here again it's so good to hear your voice and it's so uh so glad to be with all of you listening thank you very much for uh, for clicking on this podcast uh, but i i think we have to start off start off on a very sad note we have to announce uh, we have to announce a death in the film community
0: yes so director joel schumacher he passed away today this has been recorded on monday as we usually do and it will air on friday he is he is best known for directing the two batman movies from the 90s and uh they're not very beloved films (laughs) for the most part but uh, likely yeah (laughs) but that's not the only thing that he directed he did saint elmo's fire he lost boys yeah uh falling down he did uh the um uh the phantom of the opera Uh, and a bunch of other films and uh so yeah rest in peace joel schumacher he definitely put his stamp on the uh on the uh, movie world so
1: yeah and um and i and we were just talking about earlier rachel how uh, you don't want to see anyone coming out of the woodwork saying batman batman and robin was always good and I'll, I'll be the first to say I've always enjoyed Batman and Robin in the context of a so bad it's good kind of way. And yeah. Batman Forever is not as bad as people have made it out to be. I like the ideas that Schumacher had, but unfortunately, whether it was due to the fact that that McDonald's was actually looking over the script so that they could sell more toys or the fact that Schumacher was ordered to make the movie more kid-friendly because the last batman movie had the penguin biting someone's nose off i think his hands were tied and i think i can accept i think i can accept some benefit of the doubt like he was just trying to do his best
0: yeah yeah i mean i think there were literally people on set like checking making sure everything was was uh, gonna work with the toys and uh it was the the toys were a huge emphasis on both of those movies and uh that's that is tough that is very tough uh i uh, i think that there is a certain degree of camp and they were trying to go back to the you know the 60s era of batman uh, after the backlash from batman returns as you said in Schumacher's
1: uh, In Schumacher's defense though he uh, he did an interview for Batman Forever where he uh, he said along the lines of Batman is Batman is a comic book. It was invented in 1938 to be a comic book. Right. And what I have made is a living breathing comic book.
0: Yeah.
1: I yeah. Dis- I disagree with some of the choices that he made, but in a weird sort of way I also respect them because uh, say what you will about uh about Joel Schumacher but in every one of his films like same same as spire like you mentioned falling down like even in the mute the music videos that he made with Seal and Incus and uh and Lionel Richie like it was uniquely Joel Schumacher you couldn't look at something like 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 flatliners and be like huh Quentin Tarantino's been doing some interesting work lately. Like, Mm -hmm. no, like it's Mm -hmm. Joel Schumacher through and through.
0: Yep, Yeah. Very true. All right. So what we're doing for this uh, episode of the podcast is each week we have uh, been giving each other recommendations. uh, And for the most part, it seems like it's ended up being movies that we haven't seen. Sometimes it is. Uh, But I thought it would be fun to actually have an episode where we go back and each watch five of the other person's recommendations and it could be a rewatch and that's fine. Uh, And uh, so uh, I, that way it's not just, we're just, we're not just throwing recommendations out to the air for nothing. (laughs) Right. And so, yeah, the, what did you think of if going back and kind of uh did you did you sense any kind of what was that experience sort of watching my recommendations did you, was that Well fun?
1: I uh well to be uh, to be honest I uh, a couple of your recommendations were rewatches and we'll get to those when we uh-huh. get to those but I uh but I have a feeling that um that we're both kind of a little opposite in some of the stuff we like and yeah. I think I think that's I think that's good because you're more like family orientated stuff and I tend to lean more towards the darker stuff and that's that's not a bad thing I think that's a good thing it's like Mm -hmm. you cover all the animated stuff and I'll cover all the heavy dramas like you get you can cover all the Oscar stuff I'll cover the grindhouse it's like everyone gets gets equal coverage you know you're like uh you're like general Douglas MacArthur in the Pacific. And I'm like Dwight D Eisenhower in the European <laughs> front.
0: Very good. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that these kinds of exercises are really good because it pushes you out of your comfort zone. It, it makes you watch something that you wouldn't normally watch. And I think that that's healthy and really, really good. And so what was the first movie that you watched that you want to talk about?
1: So, uh, so just to give my order here, I chose uh, two from Disney Plus, one from Netflix, one from HBO, and one from Amazon. Like I said, I okay. wanted to give equal love to uh, to all of the streaming services that we've covered. Okay, uh, in our in our brief history,
0: I so, have uh, two from Netflix, one from Disney Plus, one from Amazon Prime, one from HBO. Now,
1: okay. Mm-hmm. So my first choice was I and. I wanted to remember which episodes these were from, but that was a futile task, so (laughs) I'm just going to start rattling off. Mm -hmm. Uh, My first choice was The Straight Story from David Lynch, Mm -hmm. and um, I absolutely loved it. Uh, What I loved about, what I loved the most about it was that David Lynch makes very weird movies. If any of you have ever seen movies like Dune or Eraserhead, he doesn't make normal movies he makes these very surreal like otherworldly movies but in the straight story it just it feels like he was given the task of okay make something about normal people and he was like all right i'll give him i'll give him my best shot and what we got was the straight story uh i loved the old man in here i believe it's, he's played by richard farnsworth uh he was he reminded me a lot of my grandfather who just recently passed away about a couple of years ago, uh, despite literally everything saying, you need to change your habits. You need to clean yourself up like He said, no, I'm going to, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out as I came in. And that's weirdly admirable. I thought, and what, and another thing that I realized was that Sissy Spacek has a heck of a range because she can go from, kind of demure in something like Coal Miner's Daughter, which I love her in, by the way. Uh, or she can go from downright terrifying in something like Carrie to what she is in The Straight Story. And and she's very good in this as well. Uh, this is a movie that just feels super mellow. Like, like you, would, you would easily forget this is a David Lynch movie. It feels like a Gavin O'Connor movie where it focuses on real people and real problems. So, yeah, I enjoyed the heck out of the straight story.
0: Like, it does not feel like a Disney movie to me.
1: No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. I. <laughs> it's even, I don't think there's even a logo at the beginning of it. It's just blue font saying Walt Disney Pictures Presents. Yeah. And I'm like, this just doesn't compute.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, it, I, at First, I kind of wondered if it was an acquisition from Fox, you know, and then they now put their name on it. Like, they've done with a few things but you know it was a it was a disney film so that's really interesting and yeah it's a very sweet but uh but different kind of film uh, and i don't know he's he's just a he's he's a character that you're rooting for without really being too like sentimental uh it it, it could have been um, such a corny movie but it's really not
1: and something tells me that he wouldn't want your sympathy either because right. at the very beginning of the movie, he basically falls down and he can't get up. But he's like, oh, I just need some help getting up. And he basically gets himself up. He's one of those types where he's like, if I fall down, I'm going to get myself up. I don't need any help. And that's weirdly admirable. Mm-hmm. I I liked that about him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of like Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino, but less less Uh, racist (laughs) less racist yeah 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 yeah. uh so i love i love
1: glenn eastwood in that movie by the way i do too there's no getting around the racism in that
0: (laughs) yes and so good i'm so glad you liked it and it's also it's it's shot with a real kind of love for like that the the prairie land, the, the 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 there's a great sense of place in that movie. I think
1: kind of kind of felt like they shot they replaced some scenes in there from like America's Heart and Soul or something. Yeah, that's these, what I'm saying. These wide open shots of prairies mm-hmm. and mountains and just it's like yeah. it, it's like it was all shot in Wyoming, and I absolutely love
0: Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely fairly good well good okay great well the first one that uh i will t- i'll talk about my disney plus one since you did disney plus uh is i watched invincible and this so is go. a sports movie uh, about a a walk-on onto the eagles philadelphia eagles in like 1978 or something like that mark Wahlberg and uh he- I think it was a really fun little inspirational movie. It definitely doesn't reinvent the wheel, but I didn't really need it to. I I think the the story of uh, of this, you know, this guy to, you know taking the risk and and deciding to go and try out and you also get the coach Greg Kinnear uh who's trying to get, save this this franchise from just being in the gutter just doing so terrible so he thinks this might inspire everybody and it it basically works and elizabeth banks is in it uh she's great as this sort of girlfriend type character and uh the the only thing that i I think the the movie there i felt like the entire movie was shot in sepia tones like they they were a little hardcore on the making it look like it was 1970s uh, to the point that it, it felt a little cheesy to me. I'm like, it's just this is just during the day. It doesn't need to look brown. Like you can <laughs> you can you can shoot it just like a normal day, right? Even though it was the 70s, we don't need to have this like this lot. The lighting was, and that's a an nitpick, but it was a little uh. A little cheesy to me sometimes the lighting but you know it's a really inspirational story and I love stories like that and I felt like Mark Wahlberg was up to the task and he was good and he seems a, a little bit a little bit small <laughs> to to buy that he'd make it as a, a an NFL player but uh but nevertheless they kind of sell that he's super super fast and that's the that's the uh, the selling point there and uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun little inspirational movie. So I like that. Yeah, kind of I, I was
1: going to I was going to say that's a whole plot point of the movie. Like he he has to wear these super heavy pads, mm-hmm. and then he's and then the uh, janitor's like, you can't wear those quarterback pads. You're you won't last a week. And he's kind of right, but yeah. it's like, but Vince Papali has everything working against him. He's 30 years old, which is like a hundred in football years. Uh, he never played college ball. Everything about him suggests that that he wouldn't be able to make it. He's like an anomaly. he He shouldn't have made it, and he couldn't have make it made it statistically, but he did. and he played yeah. three seasons with the Eagles ultimately.
0: Yeah, and even didn't they make a Super Bowl?
1: Uh No, no, uh, I know Dick Vermeil did. I can't remember oh, the coach. Super Bowl one I can't remember the number off the top of my head. But he did make it with the Eagles. But I think that was when Vince had left.
0: Oh, because they show a Super Bowl at the end in the in the thing. So that's pre- pretty cool, pretty impressive. And I and so I hope that Disney gets back to making sports movies again because I really enjoy them. They, they made a good job with them.
1: They made one in like 2014 or 15 with Kevin Costner called McFarland, USA. I Love
0: that. That's very underrated film. I don't know if it's, if it's, it's on Disney Plus, but uh,
1: I've got the app up right now. Let me check real quick.
0: Oh, next year. It's so, a good one, though. People should should check it out. Uh, it's uh, very very well done. And there can't be a more boring sport than as far as as far as you know watching than cross country, but they still managed to make the movie pretty fun. Pretty good.
1: Now now I challenge Disney to make a tennis movie.
0: (laughs) Yes. There's lots of good uh, stories in tennis, so they should be able to find it. All right, what was your next uh, watch?
1: So my next watch, and and this is a, this was a rather big task. So I only was able to watch like the first few episodes or so. But I started Boy Meets World. Oh. And I and I did, and I really really enjoyed it. Yay! Uh, when I first started the first episode, it's like the shot of the cafeteria, and you see Mr. Feeney for the first time. And when I heard Mr. Feeney's voice, I dropped the remote, and I'm like holy crap, that's William Daniels. Now, context, William Daniels is in one of my favorite movies of all time called 1776. It's a musical where it centers around the signing of the Declaration of Independence. It's a brilliant movie. My dad and I watch it every year on the 4th of July without fail. And and William Daniels, who plays Mr. Feeney in Boy Meets World, is John Adams. And as long as I can remember... Like, he was always my favorite character in that movie. And so when I saw William Daniels, I'm like, oh my God, like, you got John Adams as your president. That's not as your president, but as your teacher. That's awesome. And so so at first I was like, all right, I'm on board for this. And then the rest of the characters are really likable. So I came for the William Daniels and I stayed for the rest. Yeah. uh, Sit down, John. (laughs) But the show is really, really funny. It's it's at it's actually surprisingly relatable because a lot of those nineties sitcoms are like full house, where they're like so like toothachingly sweet, I find. But in Boy Meets World, the uh the boy Colt, I believe is his name, he deals with real problems. And in the first episode, I remember specifically, was all about love and stuff. And Mr. Feeney has this great monologue where he is where he's trying to explain love to him. Or to cult pronouns, and, it, and it's great. And it's great. Can I'm sorry. It's Corey. Oh yeah, you're right. It's Corey. Yeah, I don't know where Colt came from, but there <laughs> it is. <laughs>
0: that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, that's a great scene. It's a pretty strong pilot, I think. You, you, I, I, I think what makes this work as opposed to some of those other ones that you're talking about that that are you know sort of sickly, sickly sweet is that I think the the writing uh, really treats these children as fully-fledged humans. They're not just uh, sort of there to be sort of perky and fun for the adults. Like, they have their own thoughts, their own uh, ideas. And the creator, Michael Jacobs, I I heard him interviewed once, and he was just, he was such a like thoughtful impressive uh person i i was very very impressed with his his interview and the things that he said about just valuing every single person as a special unique you know child of god kind of a thing and that 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 each person in the show is is treated as a real character that whose opinions and ideas are unique and matter, and uh, aren't just their sort of props to be cute for the the adults. You know, something like say uh, I don't know, someone like um, Olivia in the Cosby Show. You know, you know that that she was there to make make Bill Cosby look good. And be cute, and for him to her to bounce, she wasn't her own character with her own ideas, if that makes sense. And I think that What yeah, Meets World really does that so well. And and you're right about that conversation that they have about love uh, between him and Mr. feeney and it's uh, it's just really really good. And uh, I and also just the friendship between uh, between Sean. And Corey is one of the one of my favorite friendships in in a show like ever. It's so good, uh, and you know Topanga comes along later, but that's obviously really good and it's just it's just a really well written show in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I don't think I've gotten that quite that far yet, so mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I'll just have to keep on rolling.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that i mean you Sean's in I think every episode you've seen Sean. His best friend.
1: Oh, yeah. It's yeah. just coming back to me.
0: Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, uh, Topanga comes in later in the first season is when she's introduced, I think. Anyway, well, good. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Uh, it's, uh, it's still one of my favorite shows. And, and talk about a show that nailed the finale. It is such a perfect finale to a show and I I, it was also really important to me because it it they it it sort of coincided with my life like when they went to high school was when I was going to high school when they went to college I was going to college (laughs) like they kind of and so I that's also part of why it meant a lot to me but I'm so glad to hear that it holds up
1: it's uh I I can't wait to uh, dive into the rest.
0: Yes, that's great. I'm so glad. So, my next choice uh, was on uh, Amazon Prime. I watched the first episode of the World War II in HD.
1: Oh, what was that like?
0: It was pretty amazing. Pretty remarkable. I am definitely going to watch the rest of it because it was so gripping. And it's kind of similar to what they did with Apollo 11, uh, documentary, um, where they use all old footage and, or I mean that there's some new footage of interviews, but it, it's almost all old footage and it really immersed you into the moment. And there's some stuff that was tough to watch for sure, but, uh, but it was very gripping. I, I, I walked away thinking, I don't really have any flaws with it. I mean, the voice work that they got, to voice the characters was the 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 people uh was really good Gary, Gary Sinise is the narrator he's so good at stuff like that and uh and yeah it was it really felt like you were in the moment when you're yeah, watching it. Gary,
1: Gary Sinise is just an awesome human being I don't know if yeah. you've looked deeply into his activism but he's mm-hmm. worked with the Wounded Warrior Project he's like their He's like the figurehead of that organization, and yeah. uh, my uncle Scott, who was in the uh, who was in the military for his entire adult life and is now retired, he actually worked uh, worked very closely in some instances with uh, with Mister Sinise, and he had nothing but good things to say. So. So Gary Sinise is one of those actors that I have a ton of respect for because he just seems like a genuinely nice person. Yeah. And also he's really good in most of the stuff that he's been involved with.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It seems like him playing Lieutenant Dan on, in Forrest Gump really changed him as a human. And uh, he he really took a, it's, it's a very public front in, Uh, supporting veterans wounded veterans especially uh, which is great I think that's awesome
1: I was listening to this podcast one time and he was in this interview and uh, and he was like and as soon as I walked onto the base it was like everybody was like screaming at the top of their lungs Lieutenant Dan (laughs) (laughs) And, and I just and he just laughed at that and I was just like this guy is
0: awesome yeah that's great. Uh and he does a great job in this and and said some of the stuff is tough to watch, but I think it's important. I think it's important to know especially in in a uh how do I say it politely in this tenuous time that we live in uh as as far as our own leadership and our own politics and everything. It's important to see how bad things got in Europe and how the people were manipulated and uh and to see the price that was paid quite horrifically at times and these young men who lost their lives Uh, and i think it's important to remember
1: absolutely
0: Mm -hmm. so all right well what's your next pick
1: so my next pick is from netflix and it is the garden of words from mikado shinkai Uh, this was only 45 minutes so it was a very quick watch and i wished it was and it was and i wished it was an hour and 45 because this movie was great Uh, i think mikado shinkai doesn't get talked about enough because he's directed your favorite movie of all time your name Mm -hmm. uh weathering with you which i saw earlier this year and was just absolutely lovely and now i've watched this and it's like this guy is like I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, but this guy is like the next Hayao Miyazaki. And mm-hmm. that's like, that's a heavy claim. I understand this, but mm-hmm. if he keeps going on this track, like he could be like, he could be the next big thing, or maybe he already is the next big thing. It's just right now, I believe he's only, he's working for Toho at the minute. So I'm not sure how mm-hmm. long that contract lasts, but I would love for him for either Disney or DreamWorks or Aardman or Leica or someone to recruit him and say, Hey, you've got this budget Mm. and the rest is up to you. Like that would just, just like, that would just be the best thing.
0: I would die. It would be amazing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And now about the garden of words, uh, the movie is just absolutely lovely. It's like, if you've like, if you like forced a gun to my head and was like what movie looks better your name garden of words or weathering with you i'm like pull the trigger because they all look excellent and it's just the garden of words it just it's just such a nice story and just wow i i i'm running out of good things to say just garden of words it's wonderful
0: yeah i'm so glad you liked it i actually forgot that it was so short because they it doesn't feel short when you're watching it, it feels like a fully fleshed out story, and these two unlikely people that are thrown together in this unlikely uh unlikely romance unlikely friendship i I think is is really beautiful, and it's a little bit different, I think, than his other films. It just feels like a little bit more mature of a relationship, I think than than uh, some of his other films and uh yeah it's it's just beautiful and the garden in the garden of words is gorgeous and I, I think he does a good job really creating compelling characters that you are rooting for and you understand
1: yeah it's with the garden of words it's kind of similar to following directed by christopher nolan it's like the garden of words is is like the rosetta stone of mikado shinkai all of his tricks and tropes that would be used in weathering with you and your name Mm -hmm. appear in some form or fashion in the garden of words so it was like a 45 minute audition tape if you want to call it that
0: yes and i'm totally with you that i would i would be so excited if i heard that that disney was doing a collaboration of some kind with makoto shinkai i i can't even tell you how excited i'd be yeah,
1: it's, <laughs> it would be amazing bit, i have a feeling it's a bit of an exclusive club but if they were able to like just get him in for like one movie or oh. like direct a pixar short to like Ugh. i i would happily see it
0: it would be amazing. It would be incredible. And, or even at Netflix, because Netflix is, is really establishing themselves as being sort of the place for auteur animation. Jorge Gutierrez is doing a movie for them, and he was the one who did The Book of Life. They also have Glenn Keane, who is coming out with a movie supposedly this fall for Netflix uh, called Over the Moon. And I'm really excited about that. It's just supposed to be a musical, fairy tale musical, which is and that's, is incredible. That's
1: like everything you love right there. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's right. And so if they added Makoto Shinkai, because they have a huge anime division at Netflix, it would be unbelievable. It would be amazing. So uh, yeah, I'm so glad you liked it because uh, it's a little different than your name or whether we do. It's, it's a little bit softer. It's a little bit... There's no supernatural elements or anything kind of like that at all. It's all just just these two people and their uh, their bond kind of. So. But
1: it's also it also doesn't overstay its welcome either. So yes. it's like it get it gets in it gets out and in this time we live in of like the median time of movies nowadays is like an hour forty five. Like, it was nice to just have a 45-minute joint. Be like, get in, get out, be stealthy, cash the check, and we're a happy camper.
0: (laughs) Agreed. One of the Netflix that I watched is Movie Drive. And this has been one that I have thought about watching many times because it's so highly praised. Uh, But I finally just decided to go for it and watch it. I'd been a little nervous because I knew it was extremely violent. Uh, mm-hmm. and i tend to not watch very violent films uh but i know trying to grow and and it is extremely violent
1: <laughs> oh yeah there's no getting around that
0: um and there were a couple parts where i admit i just like turned away and then watch it because it's too violent was
1: was it a certain part in an elevator yes okay, <laughs> that was yes. one
0: of the parts yes
1: i i know i know what you're saying yes <laughs>
0: But, uh but it is a really interesting movie, I think about uh these this this guy and him kind of finally breaking down sort of this uh, letting something come in and actually like feeling something for once because uh, he's very controlled in his life and his emotions and who he is, and he lets his guard down for these. For this woman, and his, and really the child more than even the woman, I think was this bond that he gets with with Carrie mulgan's son, and and you see how that kind of ruins it. He can't do what he's doing and be the person that he is unless he sort of maintains that that cold, unemotional, not going to let anything in. If he lets it in, that ruins everything, and. At first, I thought that, because I'd heard so much praise for Albert Brooks and his role, and I was kind of surprised because he's not in the movie all that much, uh, but he is oh, very no, good no, for what yes, he he's is. in.
1: He's great, but he's like Han- like Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs. You don't see him often, but when he is there, oh boy. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, he is very scary, and he's usually a comedian, so that was, I think, almost made it more scary. Uh, because he's sort of going against type and he, he was
1: he was Nemo from Finding Nemo and so when I first watched this movie I'm like there's no way Nemo could be oh god and it's yeah like, like that. <laughs>
0: that's true I didn't think of that you're right um and Oscar Isaac in a very early role uh, playing Carrie Mulligan's h- husband and yeah,
1: this was uh this was well before Star Wars and this was before even like ex machina like he mm-hmm. was just he was just, you know, guy I had never heard of before.
0: Right. Yeah. So he's in this, and uh, and then Brian Cranston is also really good in the role in his role, and overall, oh, wow, it's very gripping. I I do think that it, I kind of wonder if if they should have put one more action scene in the middle, because you got one at the very beginning, and then you kind of have towards the end, but. Uh, if that might have made the pacing a little bit better, but uh, but I still think it's very beautifully made. It's definitely like an art house film. Uh, it's uh, it is, it, it's probably I can understand why why some people they look at it and they were expecting like Fast and the Furious or whatever with the name Drive, and then they went to see it and they were kind of upset because it wasn't at all that at all. <laughs> but uh if you if you know what you're getting into i think there is definitely some really good filmmaking going on here
1: by the way uh dig the music
0: oh yeah yeah it has like an 80s synth- synthetic sound to it kind of
1: yeah the uh the first three songs are are songs i listen to quite often Take of mm-hmm. the clock which is the first one by kaminsky uh night or also night call by kavinsky and uh there's this one called real hero by i i think their name is college but it's like uh it's like the driver's theme it's like real human being like that one that one Mm -hmm. is my
0: favorite yeah it's really good so i appreciate you pushing me out of my comfort zone it's always good to do Uh,
1: out of all the recommendations on that uh on that netflix one i was like uh i'm not sure if she's gonna dig this one but i'm actually surprised you actually did like that one
0: i did yeah it's definitely not like my normal kind of movie but that's good that's good to do
1: it's, it's definitely not for everyone it's you have to be in the correct mood in order yeah. to in order to enjoy it but it's one of those where it's like once you start you get addicted
0: mm-hmm. yeah definitely uh so what's your uh your uh, next pick
1: so these final two are rewatches. Uh, the first this first one is from Amazon Prime and I watched the farewell again. Mm. And uh, I watched it uh, and in the episode where we talked about it, I when I first saw it, I was like, that was good, but I don't understand why why these people would lie to uh, to Nene like that and like not like let her know on this. With now the context of I've spent a lot of time with my grandmother as of late, you know, helping her in her garden because of the pandemic has basically left me out of a job right but i now i understand why they didn't do it because it's like they don't they didn't want her to think about oh god when am i gonna die and stuff like that they want her to be her normal happy self and her her love and her joy was just infectious like she is just uniquely herself like she's always asking everyone oh you look like you haven't eaten in six months let me fix you some dumplings And they're like no we're not hungry and it's just it's so nice and she Mm -hmm. does this weird arm aerobics thing i'm sure it has a name but it's like she waves her arms in the street it's just it's the most wonderful thing and and Aquafina, how she didn't like at least get awards conversation is just beyond me. That's why I have no faith in the Oscars at all. But that's another rant for another time. Uh, the uh, the one the guy that plays uh, Aquafina's father, he was actually Ambassador Han in the Rush Hour movies, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But oh yeah, it, it was something that I was like oh that's um that's ambassador han like the last time he had a daughter in a movie she was kidnapped so he better look after her with all her all his might <laughs> and and so he was really good in there too and it just now with fresh eyes and a brand new context i like the farewell even more because it's mm-hmm. like okay they're doing the right thing by just letting nené spend her final days as she would probably want to you know just cooking and doing weird arm aerobics and just and i hate using this term but living her best life like through her final days and that's something that i i did appreciate so give lulu wong more director jobs please
0: yes definitely and i was really surprised that the grandma didn't get nominated uh i forget her name but but that she wasn't nominated for Best Supporting Actress because I thought she was so good. I was, I, I thought for sure she was going to get nominated. And uh, I I think, you know, it's an interesting thing. And I, it's one of those movies that stays with you and you keep thinking about because it's like, what would I do in that situation? Because that is their culture and that's their tradition. And on one hand, you can kind of see the benefit of it, that people don't sort of get stalled in living their lives. So like, they just keep living the best life that they can but on the other hand they don't really get to say goodbye they don't really get to like if you know that that the end is coming you might behave differently and you know maybe forgive people that you have held a grudge for you might you might try to see people that you you haven't seen like you might try to do some things and create some memories that you know live like you're dying kind of a thing and so it's like which do you do do you not tell them and let them just be themselves to be happy or do you tell them so then they can they can make the most of the time they have i don't know it's a it's an interesting question that the movie doesn't really give us a hard answer from in the except for the fact that she decides to honor the wishes of her family but uh but yeah i it's 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 a movie about family and how hard family is sometimes how it's a struggle to you know have everybody get along and and i certainly can relate to that and also her sort of torn between her different cultures it, literally in this tradition she's torn of what to do but also in so many other areas of her life she's torn between uh her 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 chinese side and her american side and i I really think that's done well and uh and it can be a little bit the pacing pacing is somewhat leisurely but i really really enjoyed it at sundance and then uh about six months later i saw it again and both my grandmas had passed away in that six months so obviously it was very emotional for me and uh, so i'm so glad you enjoyed getting to revisit it again
1: yeah. By the way, before we move on, uh, the woman who played Nai Nai, her name is, and I'm sorry if I butcher this, Shu Zhen Zhao. Yeah. Uh, that's her name. And the guy who played uh, played Billy's father is named Zee Ma. So Great. just ending, just uh, closing those loops,
0: if you will. Yeah. Very good. Yes. They were excellent. So very good. All right. My next pick It was also on Netflix was Joseph King of dreams and this is one i had been wanting to see for quite a while but i know i just never gotten around to do to doing it and i knew the song better than i uh cuz i had actually sung it uh for a recital that i did when i used to take voice lessons just for fun uh mm-hmm. and and so i knew that song and that is definitely the best song of the movie for sure in in my opinion at least and i i think that it's hard because it's hard not to compare this to Prince of Egypt, but that's such not a fair comparison because Prince of Egypt, in my opinion, is one of the best animated films ever made. Right. Uh, it's stunning. The songs are stunning. It's, it's moving. It's, the, its tone is perfect. I love Prince of Egypt. And so it's not really a fair comparison. This is very pleasant. I think it tells the story of Joseph very well. Like I didn't see a ton of artistic license. It's pretty much all there in the bible and i i I think that it'll it allows Joseph to be kind of bitter and have trouble forgiving and I think that's an important lesson to talk to kids about so you could definitely have some really good family evenings with this movie uh about how do we forgive and and also how do we uh the way that joseph uh just turned away from from sin with uh potiphar's wife and uh and that he that how hard that was but he he didn't he he didn't give in to temptation i think that that's also something you could talk about with your family family movie night the animation isn't the best there's especially some moments where they go full-on cgi that look terrible but it's it's a direct-to-dvd movie i mean it's it's fine and I, overall i i think uh, it's a good uh a good bible story i enjoyed it
1: uh yeah it's uh it's definitely above average for uh, for straight to dvd stuff
0: mm-hmm, definitely for sure i mean i would say it would be in my top quarter probably of dreamworks films I don't wow, know that's that, interesting. I don't know if that says what I think about most DreamWorks. Stuff, but but I, I tend to not be a big fan of DreamWorks comedies. I tend to like their dramas a little bit better. But obviously, like, this is not as... It would probably be make my top 10. But, I mean, it's not going to compare with, like, the Dragons movies or the Kung Fu Panda movies or some of those. Rise of the Guardians is obviously better but it'd be in that discussion i because i'm not a huge fan of some of their franchises so <laughs> like i don't like the madagascar movies at all um, i don't think
1: anyone does
0: <laughs> uh so yeah i enjoyed it i thought it was a, a good recommendation and it was a nice palate cleanser after uh stretching myself with drive <laughs> and watched just-
1: Yeah, talk about, talk about, uh, talk about tonal shifts.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, what's your next one? So my final... last one, yeah.
1: So my final choice is, uh, so my final choice is from HBO Max, and this is another rewatch. It's Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Oh. And yeah, it's just as good as when I first saw it in the theater. I mean, I had to watch it on my tablet, which it wasn't the same, but it was still... A really great movie regardless uh this we we've both talked about it at length in the episode that we did on it and it's just it's just great uh it's having now seen spirited away and now having seen this I'm convinced that Hayao Miyazaki is like on the Mount Rushmore of like animation directors like it's like Miyazaki maybe Pete Doctor, and uh I believe Mikado Shinkai eventually just uh Hey, Rachel, give me a hand here. Who would you add? Uh,
0: so, sorry. Who did you who would you all say?
1: Uh, Hayao Miyazaki. Uh, uh, Pete Doctor, perhaps Mikado Shinkai, possibly.
0: Oh, in the uh, the Mount Rushmore of animation. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Who would I have? Yeah. I I don't know. Maybe Don Bluth is more more of a mixed director, but I feel like you kind of got to have him on there.
1: Oh, he did He did direct what I call the holy trinity of non Disney animated films, at least for mm-hmm. that time.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: American Tale, Land Before Time, and what was the other one? Uh,
0: the uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven?
1: No, no, it wasn't that. It was one more. American oh, Tale. Oh, Secret of Nim. There you go. That's the one.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah that's who I, I think you gotta have. You gotta. It, because you can't have John Lasseter on anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's uh <laughs> well. <laughs> uh
0: but but yeah, I I, I think uh, he it's just such a, a bold impressive movie for for it being Hayao Miyazaki's second film. Uh and uh, this was before Studio Ghibli got started, but it I just cuz I normally don't like Dystopians, because I find them very cynical, and it's just not my energy. It's not me, and but in this one, I just love Nasca so much because everything that she does is because she loves her people. She's not.
1: She's not a pushover. If if you push her, she will shove back. But she's also she gets the balance of being you know diplomatic, but also uh, but also can fight back if you provoke her
0: but she's not self-serving at all like she isn't doing it for her own aggrandizement or her own power she's doing it because she loves her people so much and she's just such a, a wonderful character and uh i i i find myself just rooting for her so much
1: yeah she's uh she's i think she's one of the better heroines that miyazaki ever created mm-hmm
0: for sure yes and it's just such a, a weird but beautiful and it's weirdness world you know with these giant bugs and the the hey the whole like all the, the planes
1: that, based on bugs
0: yeah and that 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 uh smog that's poison the poisonous smog and some of those things it it's really unique and different and uh i i i love it i think it's great
1: anyway what's your last choice
0: yeah so that was a good one uh so my last choice is batman beyond return of the joker and i'm
1: looking forward to this
0: yes and so this was really interesting because i didn't know anything about the batman beyond uh world i mean i knew that it existed but i didn't realize that it was a younger batman and that uh that bruce wayne would, was older in this series of comics i guess and Old
1: terry mcginnis
0: yeah and so he's i guess 16 in this and uh it kind of made me wonder when i was watching because he's very slender as a as a batman and it kind of made me wonder if maybe that's what they were thinking when they cast robert pattinson a little bit because he's more of a slender guy And maybe that's kind of the image that they were thinking of when they did it. I have no idea, but it just made me think of it because it was a different look and a different feel of a Batman than we usually see.
1: That's interesting. I never considered Robert Pattinson as kind of like a Batman beyond type. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I, they may not have had anything to do with it, but it just made me think of when I was watching. And uh, it's nice to see a different kind of Batman than we typically see. uh, Somebody who's more, sort of uh more like a ninja kind of i think in the way he moved and flowed uh rather than the sort of more of a because because one of the problems that with batman for years is that the the neck and cowl thing that he had to wear limited his movements to such an extent i mean michael keaton in that outfit could barely move and uh and so there was limited to what you could do in the fight scenes and other things uh because they were so restrictive and uh, so uh that that's something that uh was interesting to see here somebody who's more agile and uh and and then you have a, a really fun appearance of of mark hamill doing the joker here uh because you not only have him but you have the um like the baby joker (laughs) i forget his name but (laughs) he
1: was one of the former robins i believe it was jason todd
0: Mm -hmm. and so that was that was good and very chilling and you have an old school harley quinn in this which was fun i'm normally not a harley quinn fan but i like her more as a side character than a lead character and uh i don't know it was i thought the animation was pretty good Uh, it was a pretty tight story and overall i just i enjoyed this new version of batman i thought it was good
1: uh yeah batman beyond like i said in that episode really doesn't get a ton of love and i do think it should and uh, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: we we've explored a lot of corners of batman's mythology you know in his prime when he's starting out when he's older with the dark knight returns Mm -hmm. you know it's but we never hear about like batman's heirs like like the Robins, or the uh, or the Batgirls, or, or the Red or, yeah. or the Red Hood, or or Terry McGinnis in this case. I think the closest one we've gotten is uh, is maybe Batman vs. Robin, which is an animated one from the mm-hmm. DC Animated Universe. It's really good. It ter- it uh, features the uh, the Court of Owls storyline, which is one of my personal favorite Batman storylines. And also a really good fight between Damian Wayne and Bruce Wayne, between father and son.
0: Yeah, I've actually seen that one, believe it or not, randomly. I don't know why I've seen it. Uh, but yeah, so this was really good. I really enjoyed it. And uh, so, yeah, good job. I enjoyed all of your recommendations. And I would be real, if I didn't like it, you know, I would tell you. So oh, I'm I, I'm I did. Sure of that. I did. <laughs> so yes so i ended up watching batman beyond return of the joker world war ii in hd joseph king of dreams drive and invincible so and, eh.
1: and i had the straight story boy meets world the farewell uh the garden of words and uh i just did this one oh nausicaa of the valley of the wind yeah.
0: Well, I think we did a good job recommending films. And so if you're listening, if you've seen any of these, let us know your thoughts. We'd love to hear what you think. And we'll be back to doing, uh, next week, we're actually gonna preview the Peacock Network, which is coming up from NBC. And they have a bunch of movies that are included in their streaming service. So we're gonna talk about that and that'll be really fun and uh yeah let us know your thoughts and uh ryan where can people find you
1: uh you can find me on facebook twitter instagram and Letterboxed at ryan cam 20 on my youtube channel ryan cam movie reviews it's become a very bustling place i've got the afi project going on over there uh the last episode i dropped was for let me check my list uh da 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 it was for It's a Wonderful Life, and mm-hmm. I've got Chinatown, Some Like It Hot, and The Grapes of Wrath coming up in the next week or so, and then it's just going to get crazier from there with, like, E.T., To Kill a Mockingbird, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, and mm-hmm. it just, the well gets deeper from there, and then I'm also doing Nolan Month, where I'm reviewing every Christopher Nolan movie in honor in honor of Tenet coming out to theaters, and the episode for Following has already dropped, so that is already live. If you'd like to check that out.
0: Great. That's awesome. And you can find me at Rachel's reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out and make sure you're following me at the Homework Podcast because we have a lot of fun over there as well. So thanks so much, Ryan. This was really fun and we will talk again next week. Bye everyone.
1: Bye.